Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And what are we talking about today? (laughs) Okay, so today we're talking about your first script. I'm on track now. I got it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about your first script. And the reason why we're talking about this, the reason why I think this is a moderately big deal is because when you write your first script, you know, you kind of just pour your soul out into this script. And this is like a, a script that's very close to you. And I feel like people get caught in this trap of having this script that they think is absolutely amazing. Yes, to all of the above. And I'm actually curious, what is your first script? Oh, I didn't I didn't think we were going to talk about that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, I wrote a coming of age story about a kid in Wisconsin. Huh. Yeah. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Was his name Hal Joshman? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. And the and then and then my second script, which well, I don't mean to get ahead, but it was like a breakup and it was it was it was just terrible. But the reason why here's here's the thing. I mean, okay. you don't have to justify it, but I would like you to. Well, no, because I was talking to one of our mutual friends and he told me that a new writer had reached out to him and basically asked him to read this his first script and it was 190 pages long and he thought it was like he was really amped about it. He was really excited about it. And I, the and, kid was, you know, who sent it. The, the kid was, and our mutual friend and I, we were both kind of like, shit, this is what the hell's he thinking? Which is kind of how this conversation started where it's like, you know, you, when you write that first script and I'm not talking about like the film school thing, there's no parameters when you write this script, you know, it's the one where you're like, write what you know. And, mm-hmm. and only I can tell this story. It's, it's great. I love it. And so that's that's how we got here. And I want to know what your first script was. My first script, I believe it was one that I wrote in playwriting class and in college, which is when like the only class I could find that I could even remotely start writing scripts. And it was <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh because it's so me, actually. Um, <laughs> it was a small spy love story set against the backdrop of the war of the roses oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think if that's a good idea it might be i think that's a good idea 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 Um, yeah my version was very much like romance novel meets james bond which maybe that's so cool (laughs) wow yes yeah i was expecting it to be a little different like well you know, a personal Tasha story of, you know, young Tasha coming up on the hard streets of wherever you No, know, I've actually tried to do personal scripts and I, A, find them very uninteresting and B, can't for the life of me figure out how to write them because when I get too close to characters, like if I try to write a character that's like my ex-boyfriend, I can't write it because... I get so stuck on the details of who this person really was that I can't fictionalize them enough to make them a real character. It's very strange. So I actually go the opposite direction and I don't write about the up and, you know, the the story of this up and comer from Orange County, California, who's basically sure. half Asian and white. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> I go to like a complete fantasy world <laughs> in order to write my stories no. that are close to my heart. <laughs> That's great. It's good that you do that. And I feel like the key, like moving forward, 
is that you start taking your themes that you want to tell in those very personal stories and then putting them into other stories. So you're always kind of telling your personal story, but now it's in a different way. But I'm getting ahead of us, ourselves. Let's talk about the first script. First script. And I think it's best to define what that means, like what we're going to actually be talking about when we say your first script. Like in my head, it may be different for you, Josh, actually, but in my head, it's not the War of the Roses spy romance. Like no one has ever read that except for my playwriting teacher. Mm -hmm. To me, like your first script is the one that you're actually going to send to people. That is actually going to be your very first ever calling card, the very first sample that people in this business are going to read about you. And maybe it is your very first script that you've ever read because you're just that good or you're just that confident in that script. Mm -hmm. For me, the script that I actually started sending to people was maybe my like fifth script or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's actually, that's a very interesting point because yeah, there are those initial scripts that, like, for instance, what I just told you about that coming of age story, I don't consider that my first script. That was like experimental, but it technically was. And I remember writing it and thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to show it to, I showed it to Alex, uh, our friend, you know, he, and I, I remember him reading it and was like, what the fuck, man? It was like super long. And I remember asking him like, have you read it yet? Cause he lived two doors down. And, uh, and I, I even though that was, I don't consider that my first script. So it's it's a, it's an interesting line, but there are people who write their first script and then it gets some like representation. It gets made. There, those are the the anomalies. Those unicorns, yeah, they're those are amazing people and they exist. That is just not our experience. Um, no. Would you say like this may be cutting ahead, but I'm curious. Would you submit your quote unquote first script? to a manager or do you feel like you should have scripts under your belt before you submit to reps like you and I have? Yeah. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I do think if the script is good enough, I would submit it. And I think we're going to talk about how you know if it's good enough or not. That's true. I'm jumping ahead. So let's put a pin in that. All right. Let's put a pin in that. Let's go back then to how this whole idea for this episode started, which is uh, as you mentioned, a friend of ours had another writer, a younger writer, reach out to him and ask if he would be so kind as to read his script. And it was a comedy script that was like 190 pages, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that th that's a really good starting point, which is length. I, I'm trying to think of my War, War of the Roses script was probably like 180 I think mm -hmm. it was about that. It's shit. It's shit. <laughs> when you wrote it, though, did you know it was shit or did you think that it was very good at the time? I think a combination of both. I could tell that I was struggling in certain areas because I didn't know enough. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. know enough about structure to make sure that this all kind of made sense. But also there were so many things in it that were clearly just genius because I'm so amazing and so smart to have thought of this. Um but so it was a, it was a juggling act in, in my confidence side of the brain between this is genius. This is so cool. People are going to love this and competing with, wait, I'm not sure that I have this right. Can someone please help me understand three act structure? Right, right, right. And I think it's okay. So you, at that time, did you think it was 180? Did you say? About that, I think. And you thought, oh, okay, this is fine. This is how long this should be. 
I very much had the thought, which I think a lot of writers do, which is it has to be this size. It just has yeah. to. And you know what? There are geniuses out there like Quentin Tarantino who have 200 page scripts. So this is under 200 pages. So surely that's fine. And once they read it, they'll understand that it doesn't have to be this stupid 120 page limit that seems to be everywhere. Right. And I, th yeah, cause you, you like, you're young and you're like, I don't have to go by the standards of a screenwriting book or what any, what anyone says. Yeah. We're talking very generally here, but the acceptable over 120 page script is going to very much be a very unique circumstance. So if your script is over the standard length that it should be, ask yourself some of the questions we're going to be asking in this episode and be honest with yourself because um, those scripts, again, those scripts that are that length are unicorns and um, they're very often written by people who have been in this business for a very long time, who have a lot of experience, know what they're doing. I think there's all these stories about um, Aaron Stork and his scripts come in very long and his scripts are just dialogue. And he very often famously says that my scripts come in long, but it's because the dialogue is meant to be read very fast. And if you've ever seen an Aaron Sorkin movie, you know this, that mm -hmm. everyone speaks very, very quickly. And so what he does is he'll actually sit with directors and Aaron kind of knows on his own how many, even though this is 180 pages, really, it's going to come in at two hours and nobody ever believes him. He's like, here, we'll do a read. And they do a read yeah. and sure enough, it comes in at two hours. So even though his script is that long, it's still, again, running at two hours, but um, he's at a different level, right? He's had many, many, many years of success yeah. in this business. So I think, yes, if you're shooting it yourself, if you don't give a fuck what other people think and you don't really need other people's approval in this particular case. Like it's one of your first scripts and you just needed to get it out. That's a reason why that length is okay. Um, or you've already agreed with producers who are going to be making your movie that it's okay if you run a bit long, don't worry about it. We get it. Yeah. So those are the, those are yeah. the times when I think that length is okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. We might be wrong. Someone's going to be like, I just wrote a 245 page comedy and it's getting made tomorrow. And it's amazing. And you're going to win an Academy Award. There's always exception to the rules. We're going to speak to of the course. general. Should we talk about how long script should be, generally speaking? Yeah, let's talk about what's considered appropriate as an industry standard. So in film and TV, you guys probably all heard that one page is equal to about one minute of screen time on average. And I would say that for dramas for like fantasy movies, sci-fi movies, these, these movies that have kind of big worlds to them, they tend to average around 125, 125 pages max. Um, that's usually when you're really pushing it. 120 is that sweet spot. And if you need an example, Jumanji 2, the next level, came in at 123 minutes. So that's 123 pages. Or so and feel free to disagree with me on these links this is just sort of what i have found in my experience to be the kind of industry standard action thrillers if you're going to be writing one of those those usually are actually less page count than a big drama or fantasy big world kind of movie and the reason why is they tend to be tighter stories that you're telling that are just more action-packed so that tends to just take up less space. So usually I feel like those run about 95 to 110 pages. Yeah. And an example would be John Wick, which runs at 102 minutes, so 102 pages. 
and then yeah just in and out just boom (laughs) go so clean so good um (laughs) comedy which is not my thing so maybe josh you could speak to this better but for me it seems to run between like 95 to 110 pages as well so a similar size as a really tight action thriller that's about right it's about right yeah so like some examples would be I Love You, Man, which is one of my favorite comedies. Um, and that runs in at about 105 minutes. And Ghostbusters, which is everyone's favorite action-adventure comedy, 107 minutes. So these really great movies are done within the time that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I think the the reason why we're bringing this up or talking about this is because if you are trying to get a rep, if you're sending this script out, if you want people to read it, you want an executive or a producer to read it, the very harsh reality is that people open scripts and they look at the page count like right away. Obviously this is for like younger writers and um, probably every writer actually. No, it it happens. I mean, someone's going to read Aaron Sorkin's script, obviously. But if you're like a new writer who's trying to get representation and you send someone a lengthy script, it might be a problem. Yeah. And I think, I can feel my younger self from even just a few years ago really having a strong, angry reaction to what you just said. Because like, Mm -hmm. fuck those people. That's not who I'm writing for. I write smart shit. Like if they don't, if they're the kind of people who are going to flip to the last page to see how many pages it is, I don't want them to be making my movie anyways. Or just like have a general frustration with that, this being part of the process. But I think what helped me understand that better was adjusting my thinking to yes, it's shitty that they do that, but that's out of your control. Adjusting my thinking to understand that the reason why my scripts might run longer than what's considered industry standard is because I'm actually doing something wrong. I'm not creating the tightest possible story. I I have a lot of fat going on and maybe it's fat that I love. It's that killing your darlings aspect of writing Mm -hmm. that I think is important that makes your movie stronger. And so when I adjusted my thinking to realizing like, oh, maybe part of part of the job is that I have to find ways to tighten and tuck and and really streamline my storytelling. That made me realize that that page count is actually pretty smart page count. And if I'm going over it or if I'm going under it, I'm now able to do it for a specific reason because I've I've been able to manage and understand why I have my page count at this length. Thank God we're doing this together because I would sound like such a dick if you weren't here to articulate and just cover my tracks. <laughs> because I don't this by the way this kills me too this isn't like I'm like I'm like this is how it has to be this is this it's just that over time and you know this you know you get drinks and then you start becoming friends with executives or whoever over time you start shooting the shit and you're like oh I open my scripts I have scripts to read this weekend and I look at how many pages it is and it just happens and it's it's soul crushing mm-hmm. but it just it happens. Well, here's a good question for that. Like, have you ever read a script that was way too many pages for whatever genre it was in and been like, yeah, that that needed to be that length. That's great. For sure. I don't know what that script is, but I'm certain and I'm certain I've read long scripts that I've been like, that was awesome. I've never had that experience. <laughs> really? I always feel like if it's too long, it feels too long. Like there are 100% places that can be cut that the writer is not cutting because it's clearly precious to them. Yeah. I am currently dealing with a length issue right now. I am writing a Mm. script that's a huge fantasy movie. It's 
based on a comic book that has a lot of mythology going on in it. It's going to be massive. And my original draft was like 135 pages. And no one saw that draft except my manager. Um, and we, I ended up getting cutting it down to, I think the first draft I turned in was 124 pages, which felt like, whew, that's so yeah. good. Like, how did I pull that off? Um, and then in the polish that I just did, so I did a first draft and then I did a rewrite rather. And in the rewrite, I managed to cut four pages. So I turned it in at that magical 120 page number, which rarely ever happens for me, to be totally honest. I usually run a few page pages over that. Oh, damn. So you're like, you're the Aaron Sorkin is basically what we're I tend to run long for sure, but it's because the kind of writer I am is I'm a kitchen sink kind of writer where everything goes in and then I have to trim and pull back as I rewrite. Um, So that's just how I, I do it. But so I turned in my pop, my rewrite and it was 120 and I get a note back that, and this is always going to happen. Hey, would you mind adding all of these things in here? Like, this is all great, but would you mind just adding a bunch of stuff, but make sure you keep the page number. So the page number was, is very important to all of these producers. And there are many of them on this project um, for many different reasons. Like they're, my producer are going to have to go find financing for this movie and they need to present it to these financiers at a certain length of movie. And they need to think practically about how they're going to shoot this. And if it's yeah. really, really long, that's really, really expensive. And so that magical number isn't just this random thing that someone picked out of a hat it has very practical purposes to production as well as getting people to read your script i like that you put it in practical terms because i look at it as people are just going to be lazy and not do something because it's something's too long i mean i think it's honest it's a combo (laughs) people are very lazy but that's out of your hands there's nothing you can do about that and you can get angry if you want, but at the end of the day, they're still not going to read your script if it's over 120 pages. Yeah. I've had people tell me um, with my action, with an action comedy we were taking out, uh, I was told to get it under 110 pages just for like reading purposes. And I was like, oh my God. And then actually the last thing that I had worked on, I had it under 110 pages, but we had to keep adding things and it got up to 114 and I was having like a panic attack about it, but I think it made it better. It's so absurd that that happens, but it happens. Like I completely get that panic attack and it's absurd that we have to think in these page number terms, particularly in a draft that for, for this example, I think it's, it was a spec, right? That you're sending out. Yeah. 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 So you're literally only doing it not for practical reasons, but because you want the read to oh, feel yeah, yeah. clean. Yeah. I mean, I think the note behind the note there though, when someone tells <laughs> you that is that, if your script is t- is too long, it's because, again, you haven't found the cleanest way to express this. It's not reading in a way that feels like it's 110 pages. It's reading longer. Why is that? How can you trim and tuck and, and streamline so that this feels like a, a sharp movie that comes in at 110? Yeah. By the way, another example, just thinking practically for TV, the page count becomes even, even more important to yeah. the nth degree. Here's an example. I have a pilot that I sold that is a big fantasy thing again. And I think it runs at like 54 pages, which is really fucking long. (laughs) It's way too long for a pilot. Um, But that's the story that I needed to tell, or that's how I felt the story needed to be told. Cut to actually producing that piece of material, that one minute average 
actually for TV can sometimes get much longer where it's 54 pages. You'd think that's 54 minutes. Actually, it ends up being like 75 minutes. And now you're fucked because you have a 75 minute show that you have to cut down to that 45 minute, 50 minute length to go on to TV. And you have 25 minutes of movie or of TV that you have to somehow cut and still make it make sense. So my point being that page, knowing how to keep a certain page count, being able to cut your darlings out and really keep a tight story becomes such an important skill set that it will help you get jobs. All right, let's go back to this idea of like, okay, you just wrote your first script. What are the steps before sending it to representation? Yeah, this is a really tough question because the answer is many fold and also looks different for everybody. But um, I think one thing I feel personally and is advice that I share with other writers is with this first script that you're trying to send out to try to get notoriety and really start getting your name out into the world, whatever, if it's your very first or it's just the first script you're comfortable with, my feeling is you don't overshare it. And I think something to be aware of is that you are more than likely going to get one shot at getting read, meaning Mm -hmm. by a a manager, an agent, producer of some kind, an executive at some company, you're only going to get one shot. They're not going to read a shitty script of yours and then ask to read another one. They may not even contact you at all if they've read it and they don't like it. Yeah. It's so bad when you send something and then you look back and you read it and you're like, oh, God, this is terrible. Like all the time. (laughs) Yeah. What is this? What is like, what is this exposition? All that stuff. It's terrible. Yeah. I guess the question is then like, I think we should just touch on what you can do to get notes. Yeah. That's obviously a big part because you're not going to be able to be 200% sure about your script and ready to send it to an executive or a rep unless you've revised it. And you can't really revise it unless you get outside thoughts and opinions on what's going on. And a lot of people, for them, because they don't have a network, they send it to their parents or they send it to their roommate. And I think the thing to be aware of in that stage is not oversharing because a danger is getting a ton of notes from people who are not writers who, hey, people who are not writers may still be able to figure out that something's not clicking. Like my boyfriend, he's in editing. He's definitely not a writer, but I will give him my scripts and he'll be like, I'm really confused about why this character likes this other character. And he doesn't know why he's confused, but the fact that he's confused is very helpful to me. So you can get notes like that from people who aren't writers, but I would say don't overshare. Don't be just flooding, you know, 10 people. I would eat 10 is like way too many, I think, um, with your script, because you're just going to get so many notes that it's going to confuse you and probably depress you. And it's going to stymie you, I think. And just real quickly, because I kind of blacked out while you were talking there. I just want to say. Typical. <laughs> I, I think you were saying something. But uh, the, uh, the when you're significant, I'm oh, no, just kidding. The reason why I blacked out is because I was thinking about the notes from your significant other when yeah. they're negative. Those cut so much deeper than, than any other notes you get from anyone else. It is... The fucking worst feeling when you get the, I don't know what's going on here. And then you try to like explain it. And then you, have you to just go, don't know who I am anymore. 
it is a little dangerous to send it to people uh, who are very, very close to you because that can feel very personal and like a personal attack instead of what it really is, which is probably good notes. Yeah. And not to get us too far off course here, because I know I have the tendency to do that. But um, my first script that my mom read, it was, I just never told, I never told her about anything that I would send or that I would write. And I entered my script into the Austin Film Festival and I was ended, I ended up going to Austin and my mom was like, what's the script? What's the script? And all I just kept saying, oh, it's about this girl. It's kind of like this James Bond character. And I didn't want to tell her what it was. Finally, she was like, honey, I want to know what the script is. Can I read the script? And I was like, fuck, okay. And I sent it and she called me and she was like, this, the name of this script is I fucked James Bond. And it was like hearing my mom say that to me was like one of the weirdest things and then i had to tell my family and it was just terrible <laughs> i'm okay. kind of shocked you didn't change the title page to send me your mom i mean in hindsight that probably would have been the right thing to do <laughs> oh, man. i had a great relationship with james bond yeah <laughs> and anyway okay uh, anyway back back to back to the um to notes, notes and whatnot yeah um i think too like another cautionary tale and and why i why part of my advice is don't overshare is because particularly at these early stages when you're really wanting to get your script so ready to send and you're kind of desperate to get it to managers and agents you're just ready to fucking get the script done mm -hmm. there tends to be a feeling like you have to take all the notes that are given to you because a you're desperate for notes you, you finally someone has read it and given you feedback and um two i think there's a level of fear of like is this what I need in order for a rep to read it and be good? Okay, well then I'll just make that change. But to me, it's a cautionary tale when you get yeah. so many notes and then you're just addressing all of them. Uh, yeah. There needs to be that step where you're digesting, you're trying to cull through these notes and figure out which ones are the good ones, which ones are the bad ones. And I know that it's easy to say that and much harder to do. We actually will have an episode coming up where we go just deep into... How do you take notes? How do you address notes? What does it mean when they say note behind the note? All these things yeah. about notes, we're going to get into that. Um, but just I think in, in this case, when we're talking about your first script, just be aware and be wary of all of these notes. You don't have to address them all to make your script the best. And that's why I say only go to a few people that you trust. Yeah. Going back, though, to what you first asked, Josh, which is who do you even share it with? Like, how do you get that community? I think that's one of the toughest parts and we were very lucky, as we've talked about, to have found a writer's group. Uh, that program no longer exists, unfortunately. But there are plenty yeah. of ways to find writer's groups, I would say. Uh, I think, for example, like if you're working currently in the industry, you may not be able to find a, a bunch of writers, per se. But let's say you, you're a PA at a, at a movie set or mm -hmm. you're an, an executive assistant in development somewhere. Uh, those are all people who, who work in the industry and pick a few that you really trust and get notes from them. That can be sort yeah. of your impromptu writer's group. Uh, I would advocate for those people over, say, your mom or your neighbor, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, just because they're actively working in the industry and, and they'll have more perceptive notes. Uh, yeah. Something that I definitely did was writing classes. So community colleges are going to be the cheapest places to find writing classes. There are definitely summer courses at colleges that you can find. I know, for example, UCLA offers what they call extension classes, as well as summer yeah. courses that are just like side classes. I took those. 
I think they're kind of expensive, right? I think it was like over a hundred dollars for sure. Oh, it was definitely over a hundred. I was going to say like somewhere three? between, yeah, it was somewhere between like three and four. Yeah. Do you feel like it was worth that price? Yeah, I definitely do. Well, something about those classes at USC as well, if you're in the LA area, they will often be taught by teachers who are actively working in the industry. So that's just automatically a better education than you can get someplace else. Yeah, no, the guy um, who taught the class was a working writer. And that was actually the first time I kind of really got hit with, wow, all the like, because I he brought in other working writers and whatnot. And mm. that was like my first real, dose of reality when I realized how many people don't work who are yeah. working writers. And it kind of scared me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say that right now, and like, there's obviously a ton of resources, but when you enter competitions, I know, you know, we had an episode talking about ScreenCraft, when you enter Austin, Nichols, any of these places, you can get notes back now. You can opt to get notes back. And I feel like that might be the best resource outside of your friend circle to, and like, I know there's a tracking board, obviously the blacklist, these different areas where you can get feedback. And if all of those, you know, see what the feedback is. And if some of the notes are lining up, you got to change that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was that look? I, you gave me this look of like, yeah, okay. I think because what you said is obviously true, but it's so complex as well, because I remember being at that stage where I was submitting a script to the blacklist a lot and paying for all of those reads to get notes back. And the notes were not great, to be honest. And I don't mean that they were stupid. It's just that they're not specific enough for me to understand yeah. what the problem is with the script. There's very general. They tend, I mean, this was my experience with the blacklist and this was like five, six years ago. And mm -hmm. that may have changed, but for me with my experience, they very general overall notes that were very difficult, particularly at a certain stage in my writing career to be able to wrap my mind around on how to change. Cause then I needed yeah. to find someone I could, I could go to and be like, here's my notes. How do I address these notes? I don't understand. But yes, if you, if you have no one else to send it to and you do need feedback, they're obviously giving you feedback and that's, that's wonderful. Feedback is better than no feedback. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of resources. There are. And I think another one that I have done as well, and even until very recently did, was there are free writing classes in your community almost always, no matter where you are, particularly in LA, but I think no matter where you are. And for me, I found one, just a local coffee shop that was like a nerd themed coffee shop. Uh, on their Facebook community, they started advertising these writing not classes specifically, but like writing groups that they were doing. So that just like in the back room, five or so writers would meet and they would do little writing exercises. They'd read their writing to each other and they talk about writing. And I feel like you can find that a lot of places and it was totally free. So look for those as well and try to build your own community if you can't afford the UCLA classes or other writing classes. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to ignore the fact that you had a second writer's group, but let's <laughs> keep moving on. Um, <laughs> So technically it's for prose, so it doesn't count. It was just for like short stories. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I think one thing to think about is, all right, you've got all these notes back on a script. Is it better to 
address those notes, rework your script, rewrite it to make that your key sample? Or have you gotten so many notes back that it's time to move on to something else because that's clearly not working? Yeah, you just have to be hyper aware of it. That's the problem with especially first scripts, early scripts, but like any script is sometimes you get too close and you don't even know it works anymore. Yeah. And sometimes too many notes, they make sense. And then before you know it, it's turning into a different script or a different story and you're just lost. And that's, that's a very real thing that happens all the time, I think. I, and I think the answer to, is it better to rework and rewrite or move on to something else is it depends on your situation, which I know yeah. is not helpful. But as Josh said, like sometimes it's worth digging in and, and rewriting it more because you're almost there. Sometimes you can't because you need distance from it and you should just work on something else just because if you keep digging in and digging in, you might actually make your script worse. And my solve for that has kind of always been work on more than one thing at once so that mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm leaving that other thing behind. I'm just continuing to work on this one other thing this other project that I have. And then when I kind of get tired of that, or it's time to send that off to get notes from my writer's group, I'll then transition back to this thing that I had left a couple months ago. So that might be a way to get around this question is have more than one thing always that you're working on at the same time, if you're able to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to step away. Yeah. Sometimes you need perspective and it could be a weekend. It could be a week. It could be months, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but that doesn't mean you have to stop working altogether. You can keep working on another project. I agree. To me, I feel like that's not a helpful answer. <laughs> but the fact that it's not a super helpful answer just tells you that there's no right answer to that question. I think you just have to keep working. You just have to feel your way through it. And if you feel like you are not getting any headway on this script that has so many notes and you're so exhausted with it, that that is the gut check you need to maybe mm -hmm. move on to something else. All right, so what happens if you do keep sending it out and you find yourself just getting the same note over and over again? You get the same note over and over? Yeah. Fucking change the script. <laughs> all right, I'm talking about early Tasha here. Let's send it out to all the places that we just discussed. Blacklist is a good example. When I was sending it to the blacklist and I was getting feedback back, I was often like, you just don't know. You guys are stupid. And yeah. this is actually really great. You're just missing the point. Who the hell are you to tell me what this should be? And that attitude <laughs> is not going to improve your script. So I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is if you're I getting see. the same note over and over again, yes, there's something wrong. And it's not that those people are stupid and you're smarter than them. Hmm? I mean, that maybe, maybe, maybe. but that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not what's happening here. If, even if my mom reads this script and she finds something confusing, there's something confusing. It's not, it's, it's not her. It's some, some way I've conveyed this relationship or whatever she's confused about. It's confusing. And I need to go back and look at that. And often we get into this, they're stupid because they'll come up with a solution. For example, I don't really like your main character that much. Maybe if you gave it a dog or something, it would help me like your character more. That's a stupid note. It's dumb. Yeah. But the root of their note is not dumb, which is they don't like your hero. And if they don't like your hero and you want them to like your hero then you've probably done something wrong. So take a look yeah. back at it as a writer 
and try and figure out where they might be getting that. And I think that becomes a big problem with your first script is you feel like it's ready, but you keep getting the same note from people. And you're so pissed off because you feel like it's a barrier between you and getting a rep or you and getting a job or a meeting is that these people are dumb. Why do they keep seeing the same note? <laughs> yeah. But if you keep getting the same note, you are actually the problem in this case. Dose of reality from Tasha. It's harsh words. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. <laughs> It's just because right. I know I know that ego. I've felt it, and I've now learned that that ego is wrong. <laughs> no, I understand. We we all have that ego. I think you have to. Unfortunately, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this, maybe, and say like, "You guys are idiots. You're wrong." And then you just kind of have to go through it. That's very true. And we may be idiots, and we may be wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Nothing that we're saying makes any sense. <laughs> All we can do is our experience. Yeah, that's it. That's it. This isn't like a textbook. This is like our experience. Um, a textbook, what? Uh, should we talk about some do's and don'ts after you write your script and before you send it to anyone? Yes, let's do it. This is uh, like before you send it to reps, executive producers, anyone of absolute importance. Made a little list here. After you write your first script, you give it a little time to breathe, which is going to seem very hard to do, but you have to just kind of step back and then reread it, give it some time, a couple weeks, a month, whatever it may be, and see if you need to change anything. Highly agree with that. I very often gone a month, came back and been like, oh, that thing yeah. that I believed was amazing is actually not working at all. Yeah. yeah. Happens. Another do, find typos, which I can't do currently. So I don't know. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another do is to get multiple reads from people and we were just talking about this but i think four people max and then maybe maybe yeah max maybe two people two is my sweet spot and then essentially take a step back and ask yourself why you want or why you wanted to write the script in the first place and what you want to have happen with that script yeah, write what you believe in and something that you love. It's going to come through in your writing. And I think something to think about is that a big thing that attracts reps and attracts executives is your voice on the page. So yes, you may not have the script that they want to buy, but they love the way you told your story. And for example, let's say you wrote a vampire horror movie. They already have a vampire horror movie that they're in production on or that they've been developing for a few years. So they're not going to buy it, but they love how you told your story. And so they want to work with you. And that's only going to come through, not if you sold out and kind of, you know, <laughs> did the hack thing and tried to just write what, what you think is in the market right now. It's if who you are as a person, as a writer is coming through in your script. So 100%, if you're going to be spending time at all, do it with something that you believe in. Okay, moving on to some don'ts. There's not many. <laughs> There's a lot. We just went through a bunch, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there are. But this is a big don't we I don't think we've talked about is or no, we did talk about it, but after you send out your initial draft or your initial script to a manager and like a day later you read it and you find something you want to change, 
and then you change it. Don't send that second draft. Like once it's sent, it's out there. It's in the world. It's circulating and it's like, you know, getting someone pregnant. It's just, it happened. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Me neither. The second don't is when you get notes back, don't get combative with them about their notes. Absolutely. Those are my only two don'ts. That's it. Along with all the other don'ts we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's a, a pretty good list. And I think that let's just say you, you've done the do's and the don'ts and you sent your first script out and kind of as I described, someone loves it, but it's not the vampire movie they're going to make right now. What does that conversation look like? Yeah. The conversation is, is always that like, that's so great. I don't want to buy it. Um, but what else do you have? Right. That's how the conversation usually looks. And I think I just want to kind of walk through that conversation because you are always going to have it. Um, yeah. And kind of what does it mean? And I think don't let it discourage you. It's literally every general I've ever been in. Right. Like they read, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. they read a sample of mine and I'm not going to the general meeting because they want to buy my sample that they read. I'm going to the meeting because they liked my writing and want to know what else I'm working on. And if, there's any potential of me working on a different movie of theirs somewhere down the line. So don't be discouraged if they do that. That's super normal. In fact, not doing that is going to be the sort of unicorn situation, right? Like sure. I read it, I'm going to buy it. Let's go. That's, that's rarely ever going to happen. In fact, uh, the script that I talk about a lot in here, that was my main sample for a while that I, I wrote in college, uh, Black Bell, which is this bounty hunter Western. It's still kicking around as it were, and uh, it's only just now potentially going to be that situation where it's like, hey, we may want to actually make this movie. <laughs> that has not happened oh, for the last like 10, 15 years that I've been sending this, this script out, right? So it's okay if that happens to you. It happens to everyone. The what else do you have question that they're asking, what they're really asking is, are you a writer who's actually writing? Or do you just have one script? Because if you just have one script, you're not really a writer in their books, right? They want to know that you're constantly churning out material, mm -hmm. which is why it's important to constantly be working on other things, which we talk about a lot in here. And I think when asked this question, Josh, because we're all asked it in general, is how do you kind of respond to that? Well, I usually am always working on something because this has happened to me where I had to respond and we where I've said, hey... Uh, I'm not working on anything right now. So I always, when I, you know, I'll always have something that even if I'm not working on it, just like a concept I think is really cool. But yeah, I always say something. Yeah. Even if it's just a log line that you wrote in a journal at one point, if you're able to remember it, <laughs> pitch it yeah. in this moment. And I think also pitch yourself too, in response to that question, which is you'd say like, Oh, I'm working on bad boys meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And it's because I really like this theme of families who are separated by something and they get into this argument, but they, they're forced to come together at the end by the journey that I put them through. And I really like to write stories about couples and families who come together. And suddenly you're just talking about the kind of themes and stuff that you like yeah. to do. And now you're pitching yourself as a writer and you're pitching what your voice is. So don't be sort of a deer in headlights when that question comes at you. It's it's very easy to just kind of pitch a log line. They're not going to ask you the whole movie. And if they do, if they ask you more details, just be like, I'm kind of in the in early stages, but this is what I want it to be. Or this is what I it kind of looks like in my head. So don't panic. 
It's also totally normal. Boom. I think the sort of wrap up here is yeah. a really great personal story that came from one of our mutual friends. He was telling us about his very first, one of his very first scripts that he ever wrote. And he happened to be friends with the son of like a, a very popular, famous screenwriter from the 80s. And so he sent, the, of course, he like sent this guy his script to be like, hey, would you mind reading this and just giving me your thoughts? And wow. our mutual friend sent me <laughs> the email that he got back from this A-list writer at the time. And I'm going to tell you about a section <laughs> in the email that I, that I oh, thought wow. was the most interesting, where this A-list writer had said, um, well, the script that our, our friend sent out was a horror movie. And so the, the A-list writer wrote back, I think you should watch more horror movies and kind of like, I can tell that you've only been watching the more recent movies and you don't have the language of horror, the horror genre itself. Go back and watch the old horror movies and maybe even take some screenwriting classes or some workshops wow. to try to get some feedback and maybe take a look at your favorite TV shows or your favorite movies and read those scripts. So you can kind of learn three act structure and wow. Yeah. So, that's basically an email that says, go back to basics, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And our mutual friend said that at the time he was like, this man, this old man's out of touch. He doesn't know what he's thinking. Uh, and just kind of tossed the email away. And I'm sure it made him very upset and very depressed. I actually recently got a notes document myself that was kind of teaching me how to write. <laughs> like it was from a, a writer herself who's also an A-list writer. And she was kind of like giving me advice on how to write better. And I just felt so broken. Like, oh, I, I want your response to be, this is great. I have some thoughts, but this is great. Not yeah. go back to square one. But what was interesting is that yeah. Our friend, his lesson from this, because that was years ago that he wrote this. He, of course, now has a, a movie out and um, he's doing really well writing wise. He looks back at that old script that he sent this guy and he's like, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And I had no idea that it was bad because I just didn't have the experience yet. At the time, he thought it was incredible. And I think wow. that to me is the big lesson of the first script and the whole point of this podcast to me is that as a writer, we're always learning. And I think the huge lesson that I had to learn coming out from college, you know, having gone to film school, being told I was a good writer in college and knowing that and having some kind of confidence in my writing ability. When I came out here, I really had to learn to have a more open mind and yeah. kind of realize very deeply that I am super green. <laughs> I may be a brilliant writer somewhere inside, but I've, I had never worked in the business. I had, I didn't like, no one had ever taught me three act structure in a very practical way or why I needed it or what it looked like or how to execute it properly, except for my teachers and they're not yeah. working writers. Right. Um, I just didn't know and it's something I'm still learning every day, which I think is the important lesson is like, how do I better execute my theme? How do I better characterize my characters or dramatize X, Y, or Z about my characters? So just know that when you come out here, you, you may feel fresh out of college, like you got it all figured out, like our friend did sending his horror movie to this A-list writer, but there's lots of room to grow. And I think you will do better in your career 
and you will go longer and farther in your career if you come out here being open. I feel like that's sort of the big advice I have for first scripts. That's awesome. That's a good way to wrap it up. All right. I want to say one more thing. If you are that person who's coming out, <laughs> that was a great way to wrap it up, but let me actually wrap it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just that like, it's kind of like what you're saying. You're just going to get torn to fucking shreds with all of your scripts and with your scripts in general. And this is kind of what I love about the entertainment industry is it's very, very difficult and you get, you get a very thick skin and you just kind of move on from these things eventually, but just don't be too discouraged. Just keep going. You know, that sounds depressing the way you say it, but actually I feel like if you look at it a different way. <laughs> That's depressing. I, I'm not like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying you love that you're forced to have a thick skin. But what, what other parts of the world can you just be like, it's not everywhere that you just get shit on the on military, a daily basis. That's it. <laughs> Boot oh, yeah. camp okay. and then well, writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think like the bright side of that is that everyone is going through it. So I think at least for me, I had a tendency to be like, I'm the only one being shit on this much. I'm the only one who everyone hates and doesn't want to read. <laughs> but you're not. Yeah. We're all going through this together. That's why we're talking about it. So what you just said depressed me, but this is how I make it feel better. <laughs> no, this is great. Are you kidding? Los Angeles is awesome. All right. We did it. We we did it. We talked about the first script. We talked about the first script. If you guys have any questions or comments about the first script or something that you just a burning question that, that you want us to cover about this topic, definitely reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com. That's act2 spelled out writers at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our Instagram at act2writers. And I guess I'll do the quote of the day. I love it. I can't wait. I feel like this one's short. You could probably do it yourself. But you're, you're in a flow right now. You always do the quote. It's like your thing. <laughs> All right. Quote of the day. <laughs> I steal from every movie ever made. Quentin Tarantino. The Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Mm -hmm.